You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 97, brought to you by those fine folks at Spatula City. Buddy, where's the spatula? Okay, kids, let's go. There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City! A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about things like pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, theme parks, and, since we live in Florida, the occasional story about a guy who tried to perform a home castration on someone he met on the internet. My name is something out there for everybody. (laughs) I mean, it really is. My name is Rob, and as always, I'm joined by Jimmy was castrated by a doctor no wait i wasn't no (laughs) wait (laughs) that That is the wrong c word (laughs) and greg there's nothing i could say that beats that so i'll just say good evening rob (laughs) that was that was part of jimmy's uh punishment actually is what happened boy is my face red (laughs) Ah, well played there there you go this week we're gonna chat about the amazing jonathan documentary and we're gonna continue our summer throwback special episodes where we watch movies from the 80s and on tap this week is the weird al yankovic classic uhf classic indeed and after we get done we'll come up with this week's top five list relating to our topics well it's time for us to announce our spoilers we talk about all sorts of movies, TV shows, etc. And if somehow you have not gotten around to seeing UHF in the past, what, 30 years? 30. 20, yep. 30, yep, yeah. 30 years. This was the 30th anniversary, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, the beginning of July, I believe. So we 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 keep on accidentally doing that. Just kind of neat. I think it came out August, actually. Huh? Well, then Completely there we go. by accident. Yeah. It truly is. So... If we happen to spoil that movie or the amazing Jonathan documentary, which is uh, it's a new documentary on Hulu, that might be able to be spoiled. But uh, yeah, that you've been came warned. out August sixteenth. Yeah, so you've been warned on spoilers. Nothing too earth shaking today, though. Uh, there is a lot of news this week, so let's just jump right into it. You were mm-hmm. right, twenty first of July. I'll go first, real quick. Uh, this past week, we were not, we did not have an episode because I was at the podcast movement. Uh, show conference whatever it was really very interesting um, i got a chance to talk to a bunch of different podcasters a bunch of different companies meet some really great people a few things that i noticed one podcasters are very willing to help people uh, so there's people that are making as i told 
um, you guys like six figures a month on podcasts and they were sitting there teaching other people how to do the same. The the one person that I thought was incredible was Carolina. She is the co-host of the Ron Burgundy podcast and is actually Will Ferrell's assistant. And she stood there talking to people about their shows, 15, 20 minutes a pop. Um, she gave advice. She, she was super cool. Could not, could not be nicer. And, you know, told nice. like, I, t- I talked to her for about 15 minutes and honestly talking about Will Ferrell never even came up because she was giving me such good information on just the humor process and like how to navigate humor in a world where everything is offensive to somebody. And it's, it, it's harder and it's harder and harder. And it's something we'll probably end up talking about later where every single eighties movie could probably not be made today because the funny, the funny characters are going to offend somebody. Be picketed. Yes. And supplies. (laughs) And I think, and I made that comment when we watched it too, is being good enough at comedy to where more people think it's funny than offensive. That's really what it's gotta be. So we're screwed. Uh, there will be some mm-hmm. changes coming to the show as a result of this. We have not yet figured those out yet, but um, you know, let us know what type of stuff you want to see on the show. Uh, we we have had really good results, I think, from the '80s movies. So uh, drop us an email, uh, give me five podcast at gmail dot com or our Facebook page or our Instagram, any of these places where you can send stuff. You know, what do you want to see more? Do you want to see more '80s movies, more more cheesy movies, or what do you want to hear more of? New releases, TV shows. Mm-hmm. So as we kind of go through making changes and adjusting stuff, uh, let us know. And thank you in advance. Yes. Thank you. I will chime in with some news here if uh, if go you're good it. with that for now, Greg and Rob. Okay, yep. cool. Guys, very exciting news. We got castrated by a doctor that he met on the internet. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Wrong word. Uh <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss will be starring in a fourth Matrix film directed by Lana Wachowski. So why are you torn on that? I'm torn because I remember the last two Matrix movies. They were not great. No, they were not. And also the Wachowski sisters now. Mm -hmm. The last few things that they've released. Not great. I've been really excited about and I've gone to see them. In fact, Rob and I went to see, was it? the one with the where the weird like flying skateboards and stuff like the like basically sci-fi movies that weren't Elite Battle Angel and weren't Star Wars related and Jupiter Ascending. Yes, I believe that was it. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like not good, and like none of them have been good. And I mean, the last kind of good thing, and it didn't do well, was Spe- was Speed Racer, and Speed Racer was only good in retrospect when you like saw it again. It was like oh, okay, that wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Matrix was a flash in the pan. Because that was the last really, truly good thing that they did. Although, the Keanu Reeves thing, I like. I I think people recognize that the one that they did before The Matrix was actually a decent movie. But I, uh, Bound? Yes. But yeah, I, 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 didn't, I like Bound. I didn't see it, but I, I, I heard it wasn't bad. Uh, lesbian crime drama. Oh, well. Mm. There you With go. A Gina, How have you Gina not Gershon. seen that, Rob? Yeah. Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly, is that who was in it? Yeah, and it was like one of those, I think one of the Blockbuster exclusives that we had on the wall for a really long time. Yeah. That's why I saw it. I may have seen it, but it's not anything that stuck with me. But it, but from what I understand, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. No, it so. was good. It was, it was good. 
So we'll just have to see what happens with that. I saw the first Matrix in the theater at least 12 times. So we'll see. Hopefully it'll be good. I, I think I think they've run into the problem where Neo is too powerful. And that's that's where they're having the issue. Because as as the movies went on, Neo got stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. how is this even a contest? I mean, Neo shows up, kills everybody blows up the program. I mean, the only thing that they can do is kill him in the real world, but you can't do anything anymore in the matrix because Neo just destroys everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, he took out like 300 agent Smiths. Mm -hmm. So it's make him the big bad. It's the only thing they can do. Who make him bad. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Don't make the internet hate its boyfriend. Yeah. Well, um, it's going to be a long time probably before any kind of story information leaks. So a uh, little bit more news here. Actually, some big news for Central Florida. NXT, the WWE developmental brand. Um, if, if Feeder you League. Even, if you can even call it that anymore, is going to get a weekly show on uh, USA. That's so, the top cable network, I believe. Uh, the show starting on Is September really? 18th will be... Well, they say uh, so. You know. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't every network. Channel We're 62. Top cable network from the time of one fifteen through one seventeen in the evening. Yeah. So a weekly show starting September 18th is going to be filmed here in Central Florida from the Full Sail campus. Um, being that that is my place of employment, I'm very anxious to see in a good way what happens with that there's certainly going to be a lot more activity right now it's only once a month mm-hmm. um so i'm definitely going to be hanging around wednesday evenings to catch glimpses of people like uh norman smiley and uh whoever else i can see oh my, my childhood God. wrestling heroes he's still alive he's he's a trainer he's oh, wow. always there he's big he looks exactly the same. So that's some pretty exciting news. Um, so what else we got news-wise? Um, I think we have something else, but I think we're going to turn that into a snap decision. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard this out there. We're going to try to – this is going to be a half news, half snap decision. Um, do you want me to take this and break down the Marvel uh, – the Disney-Sony drama regarding – Spider-Man and the MCU. So late Tuesday night, I saw a posting on Facebook that someone said that Sony made a terrible decision. And I was like, what's that all about? So I I just Googled the word Sony and I thought it was from a video game person. And of course, the every possible news thing said Spider-Man leaving the Marvel Universe, at least the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a hoax. I did too. And then I saw some, then I saw it was Variety and Esquire and some of the big Hollywood papers and like, okay, so here's the deal. So Sony and Marvel studios, they were, they were sharing the rights to Sp- to Spider-Man. Marvel very famously went into bankruptcy in the early two thousands, sold off the rights to a lot of their characters for film purposes. One of those being Spider-Man, which is why we had a bunch of different Spider-Man movies made by Sony and mm-hmm. why for some reason the Spider-Man logo turned into the PlayStation logo back in the day. Um, so the deal was when they this all came back together is that because the Amazing Spider-Man movies failed, what Sony did was said that Sp- that Marvel could or Disney could control 
the creative aspect and marketing of the Spider-Man film franchise. The not-so-amazing Spider-Man. Yes. They, could, they could control that aspect like of the Spider-Man franchise, and mm-hmm. Sp- Sony would finance the films. Marvel would provide, or I keep on saying Marvel, but it's technically Disney. Disney would provide the creative and Disney would get 5% of the profits and all the merchandising, and Sony would get the 95% of everything else. The most recent Spider-Man movie was the top, right, or financially the top Spider-Man movie that they made. That was Far From Home. It did very well. And when it came time to figure out the next money things, Disney basically said that they want a 50-50 split, including financing, which I actually mm-hmm. misread the first time I read that. So, Rob, thank you for letting me know. Yeah. So they wanted to do a, 50, a straight up 50-50 split and Sony basically wanted it to stay the way it was. This is a ongoing situation. Uh, Sony did shift some blame to Disney recently. Um, basically, of course they did. The big thing is the person that's in control of all that is currently in the pro- in the process of producing five films. That's Kevin Feige, five films and five TV shows. And of course, trying to find a way to incorporate all of the Fox properties into the Marvel Universe. So X-Men and... Deadpool and all those guys. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of busy. And it's one of those, in my mind, well, Rob, you've, I don't think you've done freelance work, but Jimmy and I both have. And it's one of those like, let's drop an outlandish number out there because I don't really want to do this or nor do I have the time. But if they come back and say yes, then I'll make time for it. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what it seemed like because I mean, he, he can't produce something for somebody else and drop the ball on his own stuff. That'd be, you know, that's right. These things are very fickle. If all of a sudden one bad Marvel movie comes out, you see there's a domino effect. Right. So Sony did come out and say much of today's news about Spider-Man has been mischaracterized. Recent discussions about Kevin Feige's involvement in the franchise has mischaracterized. Sorry. We are disappointed, but respect Disney's decision not to have him continue as the producer of our next live action Spider-Man film, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Very uh, interesting. This is coming out right before D23, which is the, the Disney where they make all the announcements. I believe that starts net, like this week, right? I think so at some point, yeah. So that's that's the big news. So I think here's where the question comes in. Hit it. I guess the first question is, how do you think this all plays out? I think what's going to happen is because I I honestly think Sony's at fault here. I don't I don't think Disney's necessarily at fault here. I think Sony's at fault, and I think what Sony what Sony saw was that Spider Man is capable of being the highest grossing property out there on the market, and they're like, "Well, no, we don't want to give up that money." But all they're doing is fronting the money for the movie because Disney is basically handling everything else. They're doing all of the legwork. They're planning everything out. They're they're mapping out the movie. They're they're actually putting in the effort to make sure that it makes money. And Sony's just footing like the investor. bill for the movie. And it's like, okay, right. Sony's like an investor at this point. And Sony's like, well, no, no, no. We don't want to give up the profits. Yeah, but the problem is, is when you produced the movie, it did shit. So, you know, I mean, if you want to continue the success, even if it's a little bit less, granted, you're fronting less because Disney's willing to split the financing. But, you know, I mean, either you you run this product into the ground, which you started to do, and you almost they almost lost it from what I understand. They almost just reverted it back to Marvel because it was doing so poorly. But but the deal with Disney came in and saved 
Spider and they kept it. And, you know, now that they've seen what it can do, they don't want to give up any of the money. And it's like, yeah, but when you run it, it's garbage. So, I mean, I think Sony will end up keeping it and running it into the ground and then we'll see what happens from there. Wow. You think it'll, you think it'll go that far? Do you think Sony will produce another Spider-Man and it will do so poorly? I think, I think if we've gotten this far where the deal has fell through that mm-hmm. Sony is, I, I I do think that Disney stands to lose more because Sony already owns the property. Sony can do whatever the hell they want with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Disney stands to lose more because they'll lose Spider-Man in their carefully constructed MCU uni- or Marvel Universe. I find it very interesting, based on what you just said, Rob, and just the whole situation, is that the MCU and Kevin Feige made Spider-Man the heart of the whole thing. Right. Like, he was the, I'm doing finger quotes, but the death that mattered. He was the one that, in a way, took the mantle from the person that started it all, at least movie-wise, Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. And it was a good faith effort to build up that character for essentially another company. Right. Historically, reading comics and knowing all this stuff, they're never going to, like, whenever Batman crossed over with, like, the Marvel Universe... Uh, like Batman versus Captain America, the DC comics never had Captain America get the better of Batman. Batman was always the smarter one. And when Marvel was in control, Captain America was the smarter one, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And it was very interesting seeing that they featured Spider-Man so prominently in the marketing and the, in the action in everything when the rights were still at Sony. So you're, so Marvel will be hurt creatively. Absolutely. Am I the only one with the unpopular opinion that this thing will be resolved by the time this recording is actually put out? <laughs> I hope it is. Like, I, I, I think this is nothing. Honestly, I, I I I think Sony will have to go, oh, hey, wait a second. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's as big as a deal as um as we may think. I think they're playing chicken. It's all a, it's a pissing contest. I mean... It'll get fixed real soon. I hope you're right, honestly, because I love Spider-Man in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I also love the tone that Spider-Man took, because even the the other Spider-Verse, and I'm not talking about the Spider-Verse movie specifically, but I'm talking about like Venom and things like that. Mm-hmm. They've been okay, but they haven't had the same tone that as any of the Marvel Universe stuff. Right. Okay, so, well, I think, uh, let's hope Jimmy's right, because I would like to see that continue, and I'd love where they were going. And on top of that, they were really leaning heavily on Norman Osborn being the next big bad and getting away from the cosmic stuff. And that could mean that Marvel has to adjust everything they're planning on doing. Mm. You just, Oh, Spider-Man died off screen. No worries. (laughs) Well, let's, let's go from that and talk about Florida. Oh God. You know what time it is? I think it's time for weird Florida shit. Do, 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 Weird shit in Florida. Nobody yeah. else is gonna join me. I That's was thinking, I was fine. I was gonna kind of do a segue thing, like I was gonna. It, it was gonna be after you, but you you did fine on your own. It was it was beautiful. Thank you. It's time for weird shit in Florida. There it is. This is not only a weird shit in Florida story. This is a weird shit in Walmart story, which is a twofer because those yeah. things go go together like peanut butter and jelly, or the internet and uh, self porn done castrations and <laughs> or castrations by a doctor 
Yes. Uh, so a drunk Florida man has gotten arrested, of course, uh, because he stole a Walmart courtesy scooter and drove it uh, out from the store for about a mile. So he decided that he was going to take the courtesy scooter from a uh, – this was John Davis, by the way. I don't think it's the same John Davis that draws Garfield. Oh, it might be. Mm-hmm. He is wearing orange in the picture. and I've never actually seen the one that draws Garfield. So, you know, maybe. I guess he's wearing orange because it's a prison thing. But nonetheless. <laughs> you looked at his mugshot? It's on the article. His booking photo? It's on the article. And he said, well, he's uh, wearing orange. He got the he got the shit kicked out of him for some reason because one of his eyeballs is not <laughs> – one of his eyeballs is not where it's supposed to be. It is – it. And he's got a split lip. But anyway, he was in St. Petersburg, Florida, very drunk at a Walmart, of course. And he decided to steal the little courtesy scooter. And uh, as he was leaving about a mile away, it did start running out of battery. So he was so he pulled into a gas station. I'm not sure if he was going to try to gas the thing up, which wouldn't have worked. Or if he was just going to try to plug it in for a while to uh, fill up the battery. Uh, It was a $1,500 scooter. And when he was found intoxicated, intoxicated. He told the cops he'd planned to charge the battery and then take it home. Uh, he lived approximately, as it says here, uh, 23 miles away from the Walmart. So he was he wow. was going to have to stop at a lot of gas stations. That is true. He would have been sober by the time, and he would just been like, eh, "This is a bad idea." And left. He'd been it. like, "Yeah, like 15 miles away on I-275." And he would fifteen hundred dollars for one of those, huh? Yeah. And that would have taken a long – he would have been sober actually way before wow. then because, like – Those things are slow as hell. Yeah, right? I mean, you can walk faster than those things go. <laughs> <laughs> even – you can, you know what? You can even drunken stumble faster than those things go. Good job. Thank you for making it to our show, Mr. John Davis. Now get back to drawing Garfield cartoons. Thanks for ruining it for the rest of us, asshole. <laughs> Big old jerk face. Now they're probably going to put a thing in where as soon as it leaves the parking lot, it'll cut off. Jerks. It'll, it'll explode. So much for my Saturday nights. <laughs> okay, so since we're doing UHF this week, we had an idea for a fun little game. And it's going to be three choices in the game. I'm going to give you the title of a TV show. And you're going to tell me whether it's a real show, okay. whether it's made up, or whether it's from... UHF. Okay, so as people that have not seen UHF, first of all, go see it or rent it or watch oh, it on Prime. It's great. Yeah, it's free on Prime. So so do that. But in the show, there are plenty of parody TV shows that you can see either shown on screen or on a schedule. So this is where the idea came from, just in case you're wondering what that we're talking about. But Rob, uh, so take it from there. So real TV show, parody show from the movie or something Rob made up, I have concerns. Correct. All right. Question number one. Mm-hmm. Show called Sex Box. Sex. You made that up. Box. Sex Box. Yeah, I'm gonna go. That is from the, that is from oh. the mind of. Wait. If it is a real show, if it wait, is a real what? show, it's definitely from Japan. I'm going to change my answer. That is a real show. What do you say, Greg? I'll go made up, just to be different. And her name is Sony. But it is a real show. Knew it. Next, we're going to go with a show called 
hurl with an exclamation mark. I'm gonna be terrible at this game. I'm. Hmm. I'm gonna say made up. Greg. As much as I want it to be real. I'm thinking it's real, but I can't stop thinking of the Vince McMahon thing where he's telling that dude to puke. Oh. It is, in fact, a real show. And it involved what? it involved people stuffing their bellies to um, to see who was the last person that could hold it down. Things I will never watch. That sounds awesome. Next game. Our next show. Beat the Loan Shark. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was going in a different direction. Beat the Loan Shark. Um, I'm going to say that's from UHF. I agree. I think that's from UHF. That is, in fact, from UHF. How about everyone's favorite, Buddha Knows Best? (laughs) (laughs) That also seems like a Weird Al Yankovic thing, so I'm going UHF. Agreed. That is, in fact, from UHF. All right. On fire! How about... How about... Heil, honey, I'm home. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I'm going to say... That's real. I'm going to go UHF. That is, in fact, a real show. And it involved, it involved Hitler and Ava moving next door to a, to a Jewish family. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. Who greenlit yeah. that? I have no idea, but it was a real show. You know when Rob right. makes the uncomfortable voice that it's really bad. <laughs> <'Cause they're> not... <laughs> uh, <laughs> up next, we've got Rodeo Clown Academy. I'm going to say real. It sounds like something you'd see on, was it, it was the National Nashville Network, but I don't know what it is now. CMT? I'm going to say real. I think, I think that's something Rob made up. That is, in fact, something yes! I made up. Son of a bitch. I, I want totally to see that show. <laughs> I would totally... I would watch it. Uh, hey, Bob, get in that barrel there. Yeah. Bunch of rodeo clowns running around running from bulls. I mean, that that does <laughs> not seem... Or, I'm sorry, a bunch of amateur rodeo clowns running around running from live bulls. That that does not seem like anything could possibly go wrong. It's like... It? It's kind of like the... Was it tough, tough, hard knocks or whatever on HBO, but with severe like buttocks injuries from horns? Mm hmm. <laughs> All right, up next, we've got Name That Stain. <laughs> <laughs> oh UHF. man, I'm gonna go UHF. It just sounds like a weird owl thing. That is, in fact, from UHF. Awesome. We are top at five, by the way. Next up, we've got... Yes, you are. Next up, we've got Drunken Monkey Boxing. Made up by Rob. Should be a thing. Oh, I'm going to agree with Greg. God damn it, that is made up. <laughs> <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind if someone gave you a million dollars and said make a TV show, that was the first one you'd come up with. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Up next on the list, we've got the classic sperm race. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my God. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going with real show. I'm going with real show as well, actually. That is, in fact, a real show. <laughs> we got some new shows to watch. That involves seeing whose sperm could could um, impregnate an egg or could fertilize an egg the fastest. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Up next. <laughs> up next, we've got Mr. Red. That's a real show. Real show. <laughs> Wait. Mr. Ed or Mr. Egg? Uh-huh. Mr. Ed. Going real. Mm. Yeah, it's real. I'm going to give you half credit. Damn it, it's a trick question, isn't it? It is, because it is in fact... Because it's not called both. Mr. Ed. No, it is in fact both a real show and aired on Channel 62 in UHF. Okay. Yeah, it, it was, isn't it? Yep. So we get a half a half a tally there. Okay, keep going. Up next, we've got Great Game of the Goose. Made up. UHF. That is, in fact, a real show. Son of a. Is it just Duck, Duck, Goose? I, you know, watch that all day. I read it. It was it was a long, complicated explanation that I actually don't remember anymore. All right, sounds riveting. <laughs> yeah. Following that, we've got "Don't Scare the Hare." <laughs> before I decide whether before I decide whether or not to be offended, can you please spell hair? H-A-R-E. Okay, not offended. Let's see. Uh, you might be in a second because I thought he was going to say, don't scare grandma. <laughs> don't scare grandma. <laughs> don't scare the hair. I'm going to go UHF. Real. Is that a frog? <laughs> I was going to say It you. is, in fact, a real show. Son of a bitch, I'm losing that involved That involved people trying not to scare an an automated rabbit. <laughs> like a okay. robot rabbit. Yeah. I swear, the picture of it looks weird. You should look it up. How about Wide World of Tractor Pulls? Oh, I'd watch that too. Watch that. That's real. Made up. Greg? Made up. It is, in fact, from UHF. <gasps> Damn. We're proving that if UHF was a real thing, it was a real station, we would be watching We would it. watch it. <laughs> like all the oh, time. Sure. <laughs> what about Family Race Relay? Real. Real. That is, in fact, completely made up by me. Wow. Okay. Not as offensive as I would have thought, depending on what he meant by race. (laughs) (laughs) 
How about the Flying Pope? UHF. Real. That is, in fact, from UHF. Damn, I knew it after I said it. That screams a weird yank of a humor. How do? How about? <laughs> Sex sent me to the ER. That is real. That real is a real show. show. I've watched it. Oh my god! Of course you've watched it. That is in fact a real show. It's Up very hard got... to sleep after you've seen a broken penis or heard about a broken penis. <laughs> Next up, we've got Underwater uh, underwater Bingo for <laughs> Teens. UHF. Made up. That is an oh. UHF. Damn. Don't Greg is freak. running away with it. Yeah, he's taking it. Up next, we've got Fairyland Playground. A trip into Rob's mind. Fake. I'll guess real. What did you say, Jimmy? Fake. As in... Not real. Okay. That is, in fact, not real. Made up by me. Next, we've got... My Unnatural Obsession. Real. Real. It is not. Really? Damn. There is a show involving the word obsession... But it is not like my, my weird, unnatural like my obsession. Weird obsession or something. No, it's some. Uh, what was it? My like my complete obsession or my the yeah my like weird obsession or drinks conditioner. Yeah, or eats toilet paper or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for our last and final entry, we've got poop with an exclamation mark. What do you have to go? <laughs> <laughs> that is real because it's Greg's YouTube channel. I'll say it's real, and I'll just agree with Jimmy. That is, in fact, 100% made up by me. Rob made poop. I did. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you very much, Rob, for that. And and I think Greg ran away with it. Uh, only by uh, two. That's all right. I'll, I'll hobble him tomorrow. Guys, do you remember the amazing Jonathan? I do. I remember he freaked me out because he would like come out on Jay, on David Letterman or Johnny Carson, mm-hmm. sweaty and manic and like crazed. And I always remembered his little headband. Yep. Yeah. So I he don't really remember him. All right. So he had a, a comedy special that ran on Comedy Central all the time. Now, Amazing Jonathan is a magician and comedian where he he was kind of like a. He would um he would drink Windex. One of his gags was um he had thoughts of taking his clothes off and running around, but the Windex kept him from streaking. Mm-hmm. Oh um, my god! <laughs> he would he pull a dove out of a you know a napkin or something, and he would just smash it. Not really. Um, it was a... not real. But the guy. My, my favorite know, bit of his was always the the giant container of cocaine that he would like snort the entire thing. Which was probably real. Um, <laughs> you're not. You're not wrong. Some some revelations in this documentary. So um, on August 16th of this year on Hulu, the 
Amazing Jonathan documentary was released. It features the Amazing Jonathan or John Edward Sells, who was born on September 9th, 1958. He was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy in 2014, and he was given a year to live. Uh, he's still alive. Um, he's not doing great, but he's still alive. And this documentary even calls into question if his diagnosis was actually real um, at all. Mm-hmm. From the lo- from it, the looks of him, I kind of think it is, but I do understand that. Yeah, you know, coming from a a guy who you know five years after a one year diagnosis is still alive, he in this documentary in 2017 he he launched a like farewell tour, which um you know he's obviously a lot thinner, a lot slower, um has to take time to uh, to sit down on stage. But still just as funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the documentary, though, takes a really weird point, a really weird turn at some point when the filmmaker Ben Berman starts meeting other crews who are filming a documentary about the Amazing Jonathan at the same time. Really? It's very weird. Uh, yeah. He's he's just like, hey, you're a guy with a camera. What? Nice to meet you. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, I've been following Jonathan since 2014. It's like, what? Uh, the amazing Jonathan at some point explains that, hey, I'm about to die. Uh, why wouldn't I have as many crews follow me around as possible? Um, yeah, I, I think the weirder turn in this movie is when it almost seems like the filmmaker starts to make documentary about himself and his trauma Mm -hmm. which i was like okay i'm turning this off now that's not because i didn't find it interesting but that i was like i'm not watching this for you yeah that's that's where i thought was interesting too i watched it today and you had mentioned that Mm -hmm. beforehand i was like okay when's this gonna happen and when it does it he starts getting annoyed at i think i don't remember the exact timing but he i think he gets annoyed that there was a big event for the amazing jonathan <clears throat> and oh he was supposed to go amazing jonathan was going to uh the mind freak guys chris angels like chris angels hollywood star yeah. ceremony and didn't yep. tell the documentary crew and the documentary crew's like well you're supposed to get me to the interesting thing so that i can get footage of it for your movie and he finds out that the other crew was there and there's kind of a little bit of a thing but the weird thing was was that like they put in this bit of footage of the documentary guy like showing his love for like filmmaking is at a young age and filming his Mm -hmm. mom and then i think his mom died when he was young because there's like a lot of footage of like his mom being like really supportive of him and then there's some footage of his dad talking and like since your mom died there's a it's really hard for me and there's a lot going on and I'm just kind of trying to take a day to day. And then it's like, but the weird part was, is the the kid's brother is like behind the dad, like making faces and stuff. So I didn't know if that was real. Mm. Wow. It's like, and then there's another little part where it plays a clip of the mom saying like, I really want you to keep doing, I, I'm mm-hmm. going to, I have to go or something. I guess it was something that she was slowly dying of and saying like, I have to go and I really want you to keep drawing and doing art and keep doing your filmmaking and do this and don't forget your love for the passion. So it does become a little bit about him and like, you know, here's his one shot to make a really big documentary and he turns a corner and there's these like theoretical Academy Award winning documentarians there, which is very weird. Which is very weird because they don't want to be on camera at all. 
they claim to be associated with the uh, producer who produced Academy Award winning documentaries, Man on Wire and Searching for Sugarman. Uh, Jonathan certainly believes this, but I'm not too sure if I ever did. Yeah, because you would think you'd be able to look up what those people look like because they did win an award. They were on stage. Mm hmm. So it's a it's a very, you know, interesting documentary. I've seen The Amazing Jonathan live. Oh, did you? Um, I saw him. Yeah, I did. I saw him with my brother. Uh, we, you know, we grew up watching that documentary and the special. You watched the special. The special. Correct. Yes. And uh, seeing him was was absolutely amazing. Um, so I'm I'm very glad that it it, you know, those two lanes kind of came back together. Um, towards the end of the documentary, um, you know, it's, I, I guess, you know, there, there should be some mention that, uh, the amazing Jonathan is addicted to crystal meth. Um, and there's some very, you know, odd things of them trying to censor it and get around it without completely ignoring it. Yeah. Like a lot of conversation about show, whether to show him doing it on screen mm -hmm. and that's tough. Like even if people. People are like, oh, you know, I can handle this because I don't do too much, but it, it will get you in the end because the I'm the cardiomyopathy didn't just happen. The fact that he said he did a lot of cocaine in the past and then Lots he was of, like, well, yeah. I, then I kind of stopped and I started doing speed. So that was better. And then yeah. and his like wife is like, well, it's crystal meth. And had he told me that before we got mm -hmm. together, I wouldn't have been falling in love with a meth addict. Yeah. And then she's like, well, he is dying. What can I say to that? Mm -hmm. You know, so. If if you're familiar with the Amazing Jonathan, I would check it out. Uh, certainly not a a super lighthearted venture, but it is on Hulu. So I think that's going to take us right into our '80s summer movie spectacular, and we're gonna we're gonna go over the 1989 cult classic UHF, starring Weird Al Yankovic. Stupid! You're so stupid! <laughs> Heck yeah! And the writer and director was Jay Levy, and it starred Weird Al, of course, Victoria Jackson, Kevin McCarthy, Michael Richards, Gede Watanabe, and Billy Barty. Oh, and also Fran Drescher. Yes. Which I totally forgot. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of did too. And so basically a, a summation of the plot is an, an unemployed visionary becomes the manager of a local public station. The station becomes a success with all sorts of hilarious sight gags and wacky humor. Now, first of all, as I've said before, when we are building these episodes that we do, the first thing that I always think about is how the hell do all these things tie in? Mm -hmm. And then I watch the amazing Jonathan documentary and there having an interview is Weird Al. You're welcome. So that was that was a big shock. Second of all, I did see this movie in the theater, and I'm saying that because... Because I did not see a lot of movies in the theater, but I did see this one. I will go ahead and say, when you mentioned this movie, I was a little concerned about covering this movie because there's not a lot to make fun of with this movie because it's actually a pretty fun, funny movie. God, it really is. And I was wondering what – and it wasn't overly controversial, and there was a lot – I didn't think there was going to be a lot to talk about. But I was wrong because there are little things here and there. Uh, for, you know, even you mentioned Billy Barty, who is, of course, the high Aldwin. Mm-hmm. From another movie that I made you watch. Uh, that was uh, from, uh, is it Legend? Oh, my God. Well, that's Gwil it's Gwildor from Legend, right? I, I don't remember them. I don't remember which is which. They're all the same to me. How are we friends? 
<laughs> it's from Willow. Yeah, it's from Willow. That's what it it's is. Jack Wagon. And Gwildor is from Legend. And Screwball, yeah, I forget what that's from. Screwball is from Legend as well. Okay, so Le- Screwball is from Legend and Gwildor is from something else. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I just said from Legend as well. So he played two po- two things in Legend? Yes. Wow, Billy Barty rules. Hey. No, um, I don't know what Gwildor is from. Oh, my God. But, uh, um. Oh, Gwildor's, oh. The, Gwildor's from Masters of the Universe. The little dude with, the like, the red hair. I'm, I'm. Oh my god! Oh, I got it. Warwick Davis played multiple roles in both Harry Potter and um, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Gwildor's from Masters of the Universe. That's where he's from. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he was Screwball in Legend. Yes. Okay. Anyway, continuing. Uh, so this movie is the only Weird Al centric movie where he is the lead and the main creative force behind the movie, uh, mm-hmm. because it did not do very well. Um, and we'll talk about, now, we'll talk about the business later yeah. on, I think I've, okay. and it's a very interesting movie in the fact that it, it sort of patterns itself a lot, like, you know, like an airplane where there's a lot of little rapid fire gags, a lot of segues, and I'm going to say dream sequences, but they're more like little comedy sh- TV show promos, cutaways and cutaways and things like that. But unlike a lot of these other movies, there is some semblance of a plot, whereas a lot of times the, the the parody movies are mostly just vehicles for sh- little shorts. There's a joke there <laughs> waiting for one of you to take it. Little yeah. shorts. Someone else is a vehicle for little shorts too. But anyway, the, um, who I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't wear, li- I don't wear shorts period. I'm a, I'll be a vehicle for little shorts. No, you walk around yeah. with your wiener out <laughs> as, as heard in episode 94. Okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and this movie, so this movie was was you know fairly easy to film movie. It was filmed in Tulsa, which, by the way, someone pointed out Tulsa backwards is a slut. Thank you, thank you, person from the filming of nice. the movie that actually <laughs> made note of that. And you know, and it was fairly flawless shoot, except for one one disaster, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit. And uh, so, I looking back, I I remembered the a lot of the shorts better than I thought I would. A lot of little like fake TV shows and commercials. Yeah, you I, did. yep, I did as well. Special I mean, City joke has led on. <laughs> and I, I bet there are people that know that joke that don't know where it's from. I'm guessing because I've heard oh, really? people say that. Oh, probably. I don't know where they might have heard yeah. it. Maybe it, it got memed at some point or something like that. But there's that. I've definitely heard the Badgers. We don't need. Well, here we go. This part right here. Brawler Nannies? Yeah. Got the delivery here for your next show? Oh, great. What you got? Well, let's see. I got one aardvark, one flamingo, four porcupines, two armadillas, three badgers. Badgers? Badgers? We don't need no stinking badgers! That, of course, being a playoff of Treasure of the Sierra Madre. There's some trivia for our listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Which was also parodied in another movie yeah blazing saddles it's it's weird that that the, that line that was just a regular line in the movie has carried on for years so that movie came out in what the 50s 60s maybe uh it was 19 oh god i had it here just a second ago like 1930s i think huh. maybe it was, it was black 40s. and white um and i also the one thing that did stand out is this was michael richards really starting to formulate his act 
before he went full Kramer, which was only a few years later. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he plays kind of the weird, awkward, twitchy guy in this. And there are certain points when he gets more twitchy and you can see the pieces of Kramer forming, which I thought was very interesting. You got to get an ointment for that. <laughs> There's a few ointments, actually, and a, and a powder. Because mm. uh, Michael Richards plays Stanley Spadowski. He is a janitor fired from the evil mega conglomerate TV company. Channel 8. Yes. And he gets hired on by, the channel was it Channel 62? Is that what it is? Yeah, U62. Yeah. So he gets hired by U62 and becomes a mini star. Because he can relate to kids and has a a kids show, Stanley Spadowski's Playhouse. Yes, and he has very vivid dreams. Yes, and a lot of those dreams actually, when he's talking, actually were ad libbed. Yep. Really? Was, yeah. Because, like the Raiders of the Lost Ark sequence? No, no the the Stanley Spadowski like the the serial thing and a couple other things were ad libbed. Oh, by, oh, oh, oh! Sorry, Stanley Spadowski. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I want to give a little bit of credit here. There was a very, and I do mean very, thorough write-up about this movie recently on the AV Club website. Mm-hmm. So if you look at UHF, uh, I think it was like verbal history. and it's, An oral history, yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, about a 30-minute read. It was a lot of scrolling. They do mention that when they were when they hired Michael Richards, it was very early in his career, he actually came down with Bell's palsy right before filming. Mm. So in Bell's palsy, if you guys don't know, it's when your like, part of your face gets numb because the nerves stop working or something. I'm, I don't even know if they know what causes it. I know stress is one of those, one of the things they mentioned, but I don't mm-hmm. know. But he basically, half of his face went numb. So it kind of, it makes your lip droop and it makes, you know, maybe one of your eyes be open bigger than the other and just little things like that. And, Weird Al Yankovic was like, no, that's perfect, because he was supposed to play, like, a kind of a dullard. Mm-hmm. Nice guy, but kind of a dullard. And, and he did a very good job with the role, I have to I have to admit, it, because his character was so likable. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, and it made the villains more villainous, because when they were mean to him and when they mistreated him, you hated them more. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of good character actors in this, and a lot of good, inter- you know, just interesting, very vivid people that I, I'm assuming were all just comedy actors that Weird Al knew and some of these other people knew. There were like a lot of fun little bit parts. The um, the change guy, I thought was memorable. Like all these people oh. just were visually interesting. Change! You got change, mister! Yeah. That's a really good impression. Yeah, that was surprisingly accurate. <laughs> and I've been working on it for 30 years. Yeah. The the homeless guy that is, of course, the the conglomerate dude is mean to him and it ends up burning him in the end because of course the movie is all about them trying to save the the station Uh, very similar to a lot of other of these kind of movies or like something along those lines like it it really screams like airheads airheads wayne's world uh two i think right stand up to the man yeah and i loved that the first time that we saw the change guy he walked up and asked for change and weird al gave him change and he counted out a dollar and then gave him a dollar bill (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like okay brilliant (laughs) thanks a lot mister and actually that guy was almost supposed to be played by ginger baker the drummer from cream really yeah i read that and it's weird because the actor they got to play it who i forget his name now but he was he was a pretty famous actor from the 30s and 20s and i forget oh he was bozo the clown he was bozo he was one of the bozos and the 
the guy that wrote the movie and produced it was like, I wanted Ginger Baker because Cream was like my second favorite band, and I had to tell him no because this other guy nailed the part. And yes, Greg, you are correct. Uh, the bum was played by Vance Colvig Jr., who was the first to portray Bozo the Clown from 1959 to 1964. Wow. Uh, he was on a lot of things. He's a son of legendary actor Pinto Colvig. And also uh, Philo, who's the station dude, the uh, mm-hmm. station like engineer slash alien. alien slash chemist. <laughs> Uh, he was actually written for Joel Hodgson, the f- uh, creator of Mystery Science Theater, which I was like, no. Wow. So there's like so many tie-ins with our with our podcaster, which is kind of nice. So what was it? What was it you thought would have been problematic with this when you were initially remembering it before you went back and saw it? What did you think the issues were going to be? Um, well, I knew some of it would be a little dated. Oh, like, fair enough. Yeah, it's like some Absolutely. of the some of the comedy, like. It's comedy that I get, that you get, because we grew up with it. Right. But if I told, like, some of my 20-something-year-old students to watch this, they're going to be like, what's the deal with Al Capone's glove compartment? Who's Al Capone? (laughs) Or what's the deal (laughs) with the mashed potatoes? Yeah. Or even the the Morton Downey Jr. thing. Like, because they – the talk shows these days are a little different. They don't – I think due to lawsuits, they don't have the jump. Oh, God, I just remembered him. Yeah. Like, the beating up of the talk show – like guest like that doesn't quite happen anymore mm-hmm. so there's little things like that um i mean understanding what uhf is i thought would be a little interesting because it's not a thing anymore cable took over mm-hmm. and now of course we got you know uhf could very well be the like some of the lesser watched youtube channels out there yeah um, pretty much so there was that now i did not actually remember the watana watanabe character at first, until his first line, then it was like, "Oh yeah, Cooney, yes." And of yeah, course, I, I remembered. Uh huh. Good. His first line, and I was like, "Oh, oh," which of course was <laughs> stupid. You're so stupid. Except that's a little bit later in the movie, but he says they are so stupid because he's talking about his beginner karate class. Yeah, begin beginner class today, Cooney. Yeah, they're so stupid. <laughs> yeah. And there was, of course, many questions with of the actor who was like, I didn't, you know, I just thought it was funny. It was a funny line, and that's it. Like, that was the end of it. It's not like he was pretending to be Japanese. He mm-hmm. is Japanese. So there was that. Um, and then, of course, the the other little thing was the the villainous corporate TV owner and his idiot sons, mm-hmm. who was, as you pointed out, pretty sexist. And that has kind of persisted through all of these movies, the... The old sexist white guy has been, I think, in every one of the movies that at least other than Beastmaster, because that doesn't entirely make sense. But I thought, you know, I was like, OK, how's that going to play out? So mm-hmm. those were some of the some of the things were definitely stuff that would not fly today. And and you you wrote a little note here about it, but I totally got to give credit to Kevin McCarthy because he totally hammed that role up and it worked. He and was he so over- loved it. By the way. I found an article he- on it. Where he said that he had he was such a good so time. over the top. He mm-hmm. was so over the top with that role, and it just worked so perfectly. And he was a, a well-known actor from. I'm looking. He actually recently he died in 2010, I believe. Mm-hmm. But he was uh, very well known. That is not the Kevin McCarthy I'm looking for. Now the 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 one that I thought you would have mentioned, you actually didn't mention. 
because I think today people would kind of lose their mind about it. He died, sorry, he died and that's, in uh, yeah, 2010, uh, but he was very well known for um, a sci-fi movie. Uh, he was uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's what I was looking for. Gotcha. So, but you didn't mention the one that I that I thought you were going to mention because I, I don't think it would fly today. And that's the whole Raul's Wild Kingdom segment. Yes. Where he was teaching poodles how to fly. And, of course, uh, licking turtles and sticking them to the ceiling because they are, in fact... Nature sucks you Yeah. And I had forgotten about that. I remember being disturbed by that when I was a kid. When I saw it because I was, I'm, you know, was big into animal... I'm still big into animal rights. And I saw that and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I hope no one decides that's a good idea where the guys yeah you know, we're gonna teach poodles how to fly and he's like tossing poodles out of the window even though they're very comically uh stuffed animals right but you hear the thump and it's like ooh, and then they cut away and show the view from the outside and there's like a mound of poodles on the floor yeah. or on the ground like underneath his second story window it's like oh god yeah and that, of course, is where that, so, that badges, Badger's clip came from. So now I do remember when I first saw this movie, and I didn't know why, thinking that that character just kind of disappeared and play, really didn't play a part yeah. in the rest of the movie. So there was this bit that you just mentioned, then you saw him one other time, and it I figured there would be at the end when everyone gets together for the big hero shot or something that that character would mm-hmm. come up again, and it didn't. He did not. Very unfortunate. Um, because as we found out during filming, the char- the actor who actually played Raul, uh, what was his name? Trinidad, S- uh, Trinidad Silva, Silva. Yeah. Trinidad Silva was actually killed by a drunk driver during filming. So there was actually supposed to be some more scenes. And in fact, I think one of them involved a poodle coming back at Raul for revenge. Yeah. The one that you see him throughout the window yeah. like, came back at the end and was like, they were going to pull like a Monty Python. Which would have been hilarious, but unfortunately, because he was he was uh, killed mid filming, they they didn't put any more scenes with him in it. And like that's the one thing that they all said. Like the the filming went so well, everyone had a good time. They remember fondly of various things. One of the things that I saw they mentioned was uh, the Yankarita, where everyone's talking about these great margaritas that that uh, Weird Al was making. Really, but, but he's like, oh, that was just the recipe on the back of the bottle. I thought that was funny. Ah. So he's like, so he's like, yeah, I guess I stole from somebody. Uh, but the one thing they, of course, all said was that it was such a shame because you know he's Trinidad. he's made a career off of stealing from people. Yeah, right. Uh, Trinidad, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of his shtick. Uh, Trinidad Silva did a great job at that part, and yeah, they couldn't fully expand the character. And I, it's weird because it's a bit character and it's a funny little gag, but it still sucks that. That's the but way that's, that that's kind of what the whole movie was. The whole movie was gags. Yeah. So the one of the very interesting things I I saw was that one of the first teaser trailers for this movie was actually the sequence that they opened up the the movie with the Raiders of the Lost Ark segment. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Because I actually do. Where they made the, it the opening sequence? Yeah. Well, no, like the 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 trailer. The trailer was. They did Indiana Jones, and they did it because everyone was waiting for the trailer for The Last Crusade. So when they released this trailer, everyone's like, oh, it's finally The Last Crusade. And it turned out to be mm. this weird Al Yankovic movie. Because, so they did – they, which I thought was really interesting And because I, I didn't remember it until I read about it. I was like, oh, that's why that was in there. So they filmed it, and then they used it as their little teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So now getting into the business side of things, you um, briefly got into maybe why this movie didn't make as much money as it was projected. Yeah, it had remarkably high test screening ratings. Um, Orion Pictures, which is funny because I have really fond memories of Orion Pictures because they pretty much released most of the movies I liked when I was a kid, like Robocop, things like that. Uh, it was between them and Karolko. I think Karolko did like the Terminators. And But if you were actually following the industry, like Orion and Karolko couldn't get out of their own way and they were the little studios that could and ended up failing and getting absorbed. But they did have a really high test screening, so they were really excited about it. And it did come out in the summer of 1989. Which, of course, was the summer that Batman came out, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. 2. And uh, so those were, of course, the big budget movies that came out, but also Do the Right Thing was a huge surprise hit. So that kind of sucked up all the other port- part of the market. So we had your big budget action, mm-hmm. but we also had your like socially conscious action going yeah. on there. And it completely made this movie, uh, which I think was made for $5 million, because that's, I think, what I read somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it only made six million dollars. Yeah, hmm. and, and still a one million dollar profit. Yeah, nah, not if you bring into not if you take into account marketing. It uh, hence why it's the only Weird Al Yankovic movie, and that's not man. I I loved it. I mean, I can't remember when I saw it. Definitely... I was excited about this movie. I thought it was like you don't pay attention to that stuff when you're a kid, and I thought it was like the comedy movie of the summer. Because we were oh, quoting, yeah. we were quoting it. You know, we had a group of people that went to it. It did that opened at eleven, which is nuts. Mm. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Rambo segment from the movie yes. has yes. just stuck in my head, and I forgot how funny that was because he 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 turns and shrugs off, you know, the other character, and just starts shooting things, and everything starts blowing up. And then he's in the helicopter and he gets a little, he shoots and blows up the village and then he blows up the Eiffel Tower and then he blows up the Hollywood <laughs> sign. And it was and just so funny. Yeah. yeah. And don't forget so him catching funny. the bullet in his mouth and chewing no. it up and spitting of it course. out like a machine gun. Yeah. And then the guy explodes for some reason. All foam latex. Yep. Yeah. Chunks just everywhere. I mean, it's it's really funny. And the Conan the Librarian bit. And of course, Emo, oh, God. Man, Emo Phillips. Like, that guy is such an enigma to me, because I remember him, speaking of Amazing Jonathan, like, Amazing Jonathan and Emo Phillips were always on those late-night talk shows, and he was so weird with his speech pattern and his hair, and, like, I never know what to think of those kind of comedians. Like, I know you've talked about uh, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, mm-hmm. yeah. and, like, he was on the cusp of me being able to separate the act from the person. Because occasionally you would see him talk normally before he went into his like, like spazzing cat Tasmanian thing. devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good example. Emo Phillips, like I could not picture him as anything other than the, you know, the weird an alien. Yeah, with his like his uh, it was just the hair and the the suspenders and the way he would talk like this. Just call. Oh God, me. It's so funny. Mr. Butterfinger. As, and his little bit where he cuts so, off his finger. That part was so funny, and it reminded me, you know, we talked very, very, very early in the podcast about the uh, cooking with, with Bill segment. Yes. And that's got to be a direct, I mean, without that skit in UHF. I mean, we're, 
I mean, it just reminded me so much of that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're just so right, and it's just so. Boy, is my face red? You know, just and that that's it. So and weird. Go ahead. The the just thinking of that scene keeps bringing me back to the uh, to the large black guy they got behind the camera. Yes. His facial reactions to everything that they did were just so <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> when he got his thumb off, his eyes got all big, and he's holding that ham sandwich. His eyes got all big, and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he was also in the uh, I'm Fat video by Weird Al. Was he really? That's awesome. He was, the, yeah. Uh, that gag itself, I'm glad they kept it in the movie because that was one of the things that made that movie go from PG to PG-13, which is one of the other reasons that movie didn't do so well. Because the gotcha. target market for Weird Al's music, like the big target market was actually oddly ages 5 through like 10 or 11. Now we, of course, liked it, but of course we were kind of young back then too, and we still do. But a lot of it was fun pop songs, just made funny, and you know, kids like that kind of stuff. And... They could they couldn't go see that movie. Yeah, they were they were songs that your parents would say, "Oh, you're not old enough to listen to that," but yes. you could listen to the Weird Al version. You know, and so I thought that was that was kind of interesting. One of the other little funny things I read about the business side of it was the one of the I think the producer or someone basically was at a boat show when the movie came out, and he called up Orion because he was going to buy a boat. He was like, "How much?" He was going to take the grosses from the movie and buy a boat. So he called Orion and he said, "Okay, what is it?" What can I get? And he said, forget a boat, just get a paddle. <laughs> He's like, oh. Yeah. That good, huh? Yet again. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things that it eventually hit video and the business did kick up. You can find it, of course, on a lot of, you know, they do a lot of uh, screenings at various theaters. They'll, it really blew up on, on VHS and DVD. Although it took a while to actually come out for sale on those things, but a lot of people liked it and it started, it, it did grow an audience. And, you know, people like us continue talking about it because it is funny. Absolutely. Still is. Yeah. It's actually a really enjoyable watch. And I think the skits and the, the little segues are actually funnier than a lot of the ones that I've seen. And I think while people may not admit it or may, may not even realize it, I think it's, it was very influential to later things that do that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I know because whether you know it or not, mm-hmm. you you do copy some of those like funny fake commercials. Still funny. A lot of heart. Weird Al was always that yeah. clean comedian. Mm-hmm. You know, that was mm-hmm. funny to all ages. With a little bit of a dark a side. A little yeah. tiny bit, yeah. Like the, just hit me with a crowbar. Yeah, that manic <laughs> kind of, <laughs> ah, you know. Bash me over the head. <laughs> God, you yeah. can, what, where did these impressions, Rob? <laughs> I know. Jeez. If, if, if this podcasting thing and the nursing thing doesn't come out, you can actually do a one-man show where you reenact oh. all of UHF. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, fringe man, uh, they got to be yeah. taking applications here soon. There you go. See yes. me on the next show. I'll be there. I kind I kind of want them to do the um the what we assumed would be the most offensive part that we actually didn't talk about the the closet. Yes. No. So, mm. That was one of the things that we thought about when when um. George Newman goes to rescue Stanley Spadowski because Stanley Spadowski is running the telethon that is basically saving their station and he's kidnapped. So he goes to save him, but he doesn't go alone. He takes some other people with him, I guess, because as, as him and Stanley are now being captured and taken away because of his failed attempt, the bad guys hear a noise coming out of the closet 
And he's like, what is that? And he walks over and the closet has a big sign on it that says supplies. And they open it up and <laughs> Cooney's whole karate class is in there. And they all look at him and go, supplies. <laughs> and then all the karate guys jump out and start beating everybody up. It was great. Yeah, that's where we were talking about like jokes that in the in the era of of offended that those can't fly anymore and it i don't know it's it it definitely dates and gives you a, a recent to kind of look back at some of those movies yeah when they when they cut to the front the door with the label supplies on it i went oh oh no because <laughs> i i remembered that and then once the door opened i was just like oh okay well i mean that's not that bad mm -hmm. but you know, people would, would get into a, a hizzy fit yeah. over over something like that today for sure. Yeah. I mean it, Don't yeah. be so damn sensitive, because that's why we can't have good stuff no more. I'm not. I'm saying that people would see it now and go, No, oh, I know. No. I, you know I'm saying in general. People yeah. should not be so sensitive. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's gonna take us to tonight's question, and it's gonna relate to our star movie that we just reviewed, UHF. Being that they had so many gags that actually parodied <laughs> a lot of like famous movies, I think we should do the top five the top five movies that parody other other movies. Or yes. that parody other properties. Sure. So there's either a segment in there or you know, it's not just parodying a whole genre, which I mean the list, man, looking at the list, I, I couldn't you know, pick genre specific ones, but I'll go ahead and set the stage. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as is my lot in life, I should just stop saying that because we all know it. And then you guys do that. Oh, I'm going to go first thing and it freaks me out, but I'm going first this time. My number five. Okay, I'm back and I'm going to go first. You. Mm. Wow. Sorry. You just swipe that out from under you. No, yeah. I okay, know. Sorry. So, Jimmy, you go first. That's all right. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm not even mad, dude. That was great. Sorry. I, I applaud that, sir. So my number five is the movie Loaded Weapon. Nice. With Emilio Estevez, mm -hmm. uh a parody of Lethal Weapon. My number four is going to be Hot Shots with Emilio Estevez's brother, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Number three, here's where Mel Brooks makes my list, is Spaceballs. Nice. Number two, Robin Hood Men in Tights. And my number one might be a surprise to you guys. It might not. It's the movie Stay Tuned. What really? is that? With John Ritter. Rob, do you know that one? Oh. I, I know of it. <clears throat> I, I you remember. Don't, I totally remember. forgot about that movie. Dwayne's Underworld. I forgot. And about that's that why. Man, that movie is so damn funny. I've seen it recently. Unfortunately, it does have the person who plays the devil was convicted of an egregious crime. Uh, but the movie John Ritter, the late John Ritter, uh, very funny. The the Dwayne's Underworld scene, the parody of Wayne's World, is just the best. Hmm. With the I worship Satin bit, uh, definitely check it God, out. Eugene Levy, um, I forgot about this movie completely. And Pam mm -hmm. Dauber was in it. Yeah, he who shall not be named. Yeah, fuck that guy. So that's my top five. Huh, interesting. I'll have to go back and see that. I guess I'm next. Is that well, the way this works? 
Thank you. Rob. You are next. <clears throat> I will go with Hot Shots at number five. And right. number four, I will go with Scary Movie. I believe that there's been so many of those, but the first scary movie one was the one that's uh, parodied Scream and yeah, I know what you did last summer. American Pie. There was a little bit of that in there. Mm -hmm. So that was funny. Then they all just got stupid. And then like one of them came out a few years later, like they stopped for a while and then it came out and all of a sudden it was like popular again. And I was like, but this isn't like people treated it like it was a new thing. It was weird. Uh, Go in number three, Austin Powers. Yes, it is a, a... parody of the spy genre but it is very much as parody of the james bond movies and i love the austin powers movies although i haven't seen them in a while so that might be problematic as well number two airplane which is a uh which was a parody of of course all the disaster movies and uh but that's a genre it is a genre but it was it was very it It was actually specifically a a a parody of airport okay okay um yes and number one Spaceballs. Which I don't think anything will ever knock that off because it it was just a genius parody by the master of parody, Mel Brooks. Oh, so damn And I funny. saw that in a yeah. drive-in theater, and it is a fond memory of my childhood. That's number one. And like we discussed, there were so many movies and – So many. I've got it down to six. <laughs> but I'm having trouble kicking then- anything off this list. Then do six. Um, I I Your guess world. I guess my my sixth I I can I can bump off because it's not technically a movie although it was uh, a hold TV on, we movie. Do this, um, you were listening to the Give Me Six uh-huh. podcast episode ninety seven. Now you can do it. <laughs> All right, there you go. I, but at number six, because I thought they were so well done. And they were really funny, especially if you watch the show, because you know the characters, you got a lot of the little jokes and stuff from the from the show. But Family Guy did such a great job with Blue Harvest, Dark Side Something 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 Guy, and mm-hmm. It's a Trap, which of course is their three spoofs of the original Star Wars trilogy. So funny. And if if you haven't seen them, I definitely recommend checking them out, especially if you're a fan of the show. But at number five, I I really, I really got to put Shaun of the Dead. Nice. While it I is in fact with that one, while it is in fact its own standalone comedy, I do believe it is a spoof yes. of Dawn of the Dead. Yes, especially in name. Mm-hmm. So we've got Shaun of the Dead at number five. At number four, I'm gonna have to put a Mel Brooks movie, which I absolutely loved, and I think I loved it because my dad loved it, and I watched it with my dad. But I got to put Young Frankenstein. I love the putting on the Ritz thing. Oh, so much fun. Where are you going? I was going to make espresso. <laughs> just the, the, the groan. As the monster is storming out of Gene Hackman's the apartment moment. or whatever. Fight uh. <laughs> <laughs> on the wings! So that's my number four. At number three, I, I'm surprised neither one of you took it. I mean, I guess, I guess it, you know, you had other choices, but I got to put Galaxy yeah. Quest. Galaxy Quest was such a well-done movie that it almost didn't feel like a parody, even though you knew it was a parody. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Of Star Trek and Star Trek fandom. Yes. Yes, pretty much. At number two, and this is where I really had trouble, because I don't know that anything will unseat my number one, just like Greg. So at number two, I've got a movie that was on my list for something else as well. 
but I got to put Monty Python in the Holy Grail. An outstanding parody of Camelot. Mm-hmm. And, and just the whole Arthurian legend genre in general. But Monty Python in Search of the Holy Grail has got to be my number two, which means my number one is what? Spaceballs. You're damn right it is. <laughs> Spaceballs is so near and dear to my heart. I absolutely love just about everything to do with that movie. It is Barf. so fantastic. It, it just, <laughs> just the genius involved in coming up with this and spoofing absolutely everything. Wait, so the aliens that you put it on the Ritz also? No, no. Hello, my baby. Hello, my daughter. Yeah. That's what it is. The, yeah. the, what is it? Winston J. Frog? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Winston? Hello, my baby. Hello, my I was trying baby. to I was trying to remember that frog's name the other Hello, day. Hello, my ragtime gal. It starts with a W. I think it's Winston, but I could be wrong. But yeah, Spaceballs, so great. So great. And it it, it will uh, Michigan, likely... J- Michigan, J-Frog. Michigan. I knew it was a state. Damn it. Um it will it will likely remain my number one forever. If you haven't seen it, go go watch it. What are you doing? How have you not seen it? It's fantastic, and that's my five. Nice, very nicely uh, done, gentlemen. Well, take us, take us out here, Jimmy. No arguing that one out. Mm, I think we're too all over the place. What that? I think Spaceballs is an easy number one. Well, yeah, Spaceballs is an easy number one. Greg and I both put it there. One. Greg and I both put it there. I'll give you both that. Any suggestions for number two? I mean, I love Airplane. Yeah, it's probably it probably would be Airplane. I, I only. I didn't include it because I thought it was more genre specific. But I think I think a lot you're right there with airport. I think a lot of the later ones, while they're good, should get bumped further down because they really built on what came before them. And I think I think Airplane was one of the was wasn't it one of the Airplane first? is considered the funniest movie of all time, or like in all those like top one hundred AMC things. Yeah, really. So it's like, and it was really one of the it was really one of the first movies that did that, and the second one I think was like Top Secret. So it would be like Spaceballs, Airplane, um, and a lot of those other – it's weird because like a lot of those other ones, while they're good, like Hot Shots, and I think Men in Tights might probably be up there. Or Young Frankenstein. I'd have to go Men in Tights. So like Men in Tights 3. I, I, I think we should just name Spot 3 Mel Brooks. Well, he's already made number one. I know, but he's also number three because I think you can pick just about any Mel Brooks movie and put it in number three. You've got Young Frankenstein. You've got History of the World. You've got mm-hmm. um, Men in Tights. That's what it's you've got it's, Blazing Saddles. Uh, Spaceballs, Airplane, Untitled Mel Brooks movie, Men in Tights, and then... No, Men, Men in Tights is a Mel Brooks movie. Oh, okay. So yeah. Oh, I forgot that. Wow. Who are you? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. So we'll go with Untitled. <laughs> All of the Mel Brooks movies at number three. <laughs> yes. Even though we put a Mel Brooks movie. All the other one. Mel Brooks movies. Uh, so then number four and number five, uh, figure it out. Uh, maybe a Hot Shots at number five. I say Hot Shots at I I think five. Monty Python's better than Hot Shots. No, yeah, Monty Python at four, Hot Shots at five. Okay, there you go. I okay. can give you that. Good. Jimmy, take us out of here. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Next week, we will have a review of The Terror Infamy and Mindhunter season two, as well as my what is movie. It? Do, you know? pick. Do you know? Is it what I think it is? What is it? What is it? What is it? Do it. Well, well, I uh, I'm gonna do it. I have a treat Spoiler for all alert. of you. Please watch this movie so you can write in and talk about it. I'm of course talking about the movie Robo Vampire, oh, which God. you can find on Amazon Prime. 
and it was the most ridiculous thing you will see uh, all year. I guarantee it. Hell yeah. It's going to be very fun, so stick around with that, guys. If you do watch the movie or if you have anything that you would like to address, messages you'd like to send us, or any hate mail, you can direct it to Greg at Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. If you want to email us directly or send us money through PayPal, you can send it to Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. I'm actually not pandering. The guys didn't know I was going to say that. So don't send <laughs> us money there. But if you do want to send us money, check out our store at Give Me Five Podcast.threadless.com where you can find some awesome swag. Please, guys. Leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're listening to. If you don't want to give us money, that's just as good. You can find our main page at giveme5.libsyn.com. For myself, Rob. Thanks for listening, guys. And Greg. It's the final countdown. I've done that so much that my child is now running around the house singing that song. <laughs> that's awesome. I've seen it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Stupid! You're so stupid! I was waiting for Jimmy to stop making noise randomly in the background. I'll mute him. There you go.